Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Game on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland, gamer extraordinaire. And I'm Lauren Volkelbaum. I'm, I'm gaming adjacent. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we wanted to talk about uh, something that was announced on February 20th, 2013. Something that uh, there was a lot of anticipation built around this. Sony's next PlayStation, which will be... The PlayStation the, 4. Right. There was uh, the codename uh, Orbis. Orbis. Which went well with the... Vita, mm-hmm. Orbis Vita, you start getting into this, ah, oh, that's really clever. But no, no, the official name is the PS4. They decided to stick with that. I mean, when you've established a brand, it makes sense to kind of uh, uh, maintain that and not leap away from it. Right, especially, yeah, if, if you're not doing any, I mean, it's certainly this looks like it's going to be a huge advancement, advancement over the PS3, but uh, not in such a wacky direction that it would require an entirely new Name. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, In fact, uh, I I read – this is so funny to me. uh, Before we get into this, I I remember reading something. One of the articles I read uh, started off with, you know, the the games for the PS3 and for Xbox 360 are still going on strong. So you might – gamers might wonder, why do we even need a new console? I'm like, really? Do you know any gamers? (laughs) Every gamer I know is like, give me new console. Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, it's it's having the the newest, fastest, shiniest hardware and and software is basically what the gaming industry is built on. Right. Now, that being said, uh, there are some things about the specifications about the the PS4 that – that confused me a little bit because uh, you got to keep in mind, Sony originally said that the idea for the PS3 was for it to have a 10-year lifespan. And and to be fair, it's, I'm it's sure... Been, uh, how, how long has seven, it been? Seven? Seven okay. years. But then, to be fair, I think that just like the PS2 before it, uh, we won't see development for the PS3 completely stop once the PS4 launches. I'm sure, sure there'll be some overlap there. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, if you have that same... The thought process with the PS4, and I'm not saying Sony does. I don't know what Sony's long-term strategy is. You're, you're not psychic. You don't have a mental connection. I don't have a phone number that I can call and get confirmation on. It's fair. But I, you know, we don't know how long the lifespan for the PS4 is planned to be within Sony. I'm imagining it's going to be similar. That's supposed to be 10 years. But with that in mind, some of the decisions they made with their specifications confuse me a bit. So first, we should probably talk a little Let's bit talk about what those specs are. Yeah, let's do that thing that you said. Uh, so uh, one of the big announcements was that they're switching their microprocessor architecture. Uh, you may remember the PlayStation 3, one of the big, big things about it was that it was had, had this cell microprocessor architecture that Sony developed. And tell us what that is, John. So it's, it's essentially, without getting into all the details, it's essentially a supercomputer in a console format. It's a microprocessor where you've got this cell structure that uh, allows you to tap into a lot of computing power, and it's in this particular architecture that allows that to happen. But it's so different from other microprocessor architectures that developing software for this, you know, essentially games, that's Mm -hmm. the software we're talking about, but developing games for this platform was a bit of a challenge because you had to learn how to to deal with it. How to do it. Yeah. You had to learn like how do I tap into this massive resource? And we saw the same thing with other console platforms, right? You know, when it first launches, the games that come out are good, but they're not 
they don't blow your mind necessarily. Like if you were to, if you were able to jump ahead in time five years and see the average game on the market five years from launch, you'd think, wow, you're not even touching the potential that this game console has. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, that was particularly true with the PlayStation 3 because the architecture was so different from the other, uh, consoles and, and computers on the market that it was a barrier to entry for a lot of game developers. Isn't Certainly. It? They had to pour money and time to learn how to do this. So the question came up, do we develop for the PlayStation, uh, spending that kind of time and resources that we need in order to create a game, or do we Or do we stick with something that we know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to to answer that question, because you could just say, just stick with what you know, and that way you save money. Absolutely. But, but but you're not catering to the PlayStation audience, and there's there's a sizable one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which actually, uh, Jonathan and I, full disclosure, are not necessarily a part of. I do not own a PS3. Jonathan, you do, correct? I, I own a PS3, and I have two whole games for it. Those two games are um, Gears of War 2 uh, and Uncharted 2. Those are my two games. Yeah, uh, I own a PS3, but I own it mainly as a Blu-ray player. Right, right. Yeah, I, I had a PS2, and I and I went over to Xbox 360, and I never bothered picking up a PS3. So. Right. Now, that's not to say that the PlayStation is a bad console. Oh, certainly not, it, no. It's, it's really, I mean, it really does. That's cell architecture. If you knew how to take advantage of it, you could do incredible things. In fact, uh, potentially, you could run a game that's far more sophisticated than you could on an Xbox 360, because the hardware on the 360... Uh, if you're talking about pure processing power, did not quite match up to the PlayStation. The problem was that very few game developers out there really knew how to take advantage of that hardware. Sure. So that brings us to the new PS4 architecture. They've actually gone to the X86 64 AMD Jaguar 8-core CPU. And uh, this is more in line with what you would find in a PC. So it's something that developers are already familiar with. Right, sure. And and this is a semi-custom thing that they're doing with AMD. It's It's got... All the shiny stuff, you know, eight eight gigabytes of RAM. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's huge. Eight y- gigabytes of RAM is huge for gaming. That's mm-hmm. very. Uh, that was one of the most exciting uh, announcements. Yeah, uh, it's it's got a graphics engine that's going to be running a, a one point eight four teraflop. Yeah, that's that's. That's a lot of floating operations per second. Uh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's got a, a, a GPU, graphics processing unit, a Radeon GPU, uh, that's located on the same die as the CPU. And that's kind of important because the CPU and GPU, by being close together, means that data transfers can happen very quickly. They don't have to travel across a chip. Uh, it, that kind of sounds crazy when you think about it, that you know, we're talking super speeds already, but in gaming... Any sort of latency is a problem. Latency. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and gamers have no patience for that. I mean, right. whenever I have to like look at a pause screen or a load screen for even a quarter of a second, I'm instantly irritated. Right. So. And it, and if you were to do something like play a game and you press the jump button, but your character doesn't jump until an instant later, that's that's horrible, Not right? Okay. That's that's yeah. like the kind of latency that drives mm-hmm. gamers crazy. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into more latency issues in a second. But, right. uh, but other yeah. specs? Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say they have has going to have an onboard hard drive, so uh, right. that's going to be important. Mm-hmm. We're not sure what size those hard drives are going to be yet. They yeah, haven't they talked haven't, about it. haven't mentioned, but we do imagine, I mean, I imagine they have to be pretty big because it sounds to me like a lot of the movement 
on Sony's part is to the cloud yeah. and to pull games from the cloud onto your console, which means that you would not necessarily go and buy a disc. Mm-hmm. You might buy it directly off the network and store it natively on mm-hmm. your machine, which means the hard drive needs to be sizable to sure. accommodate that. I think a lot of the, I think they're also planning on playing a lot with all of that RAM um, because uh, they're they're talking about doing a lot of things that, yeah, just, just are going to be instantaneous and so stored all in the... Right, in the random access memory, sure. And it there also supports USB 3.0, which is nice because that's, that's, of course, uh, a faster protocol than the 2.0 that most of us are still stuck with. I know I don't have a computer yet that has USB 3.0 capability. Yeah, yeah. All of this is so so interesting to me because these specs are for a really decently mid-grade gaming computer. Yeah. And which would cost you know, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And then you've got uh, Bluetooth 2.1. That I thought was interesting because we're up to Bluetooth 4 now. But, huh. but, but then it all depends on what you need the Bluetooth to do, right? If it's something where it's just the the communication between the controller and the base unit, then it doesn't necessarily need Bluetooth 4.0, which is really more about low-power uh, features that wouldn't necessarily be a good match with the Bluetooth 2.1 uh, protocols. I mean, you don't necessarily need that. If, you're, if your controller is working above that threshold, low-power doesn't really matter. Um, on top of that, uh, it's going to have gigabit Ethernet. No big surprise there. Mm-hmm. Also supports Wi-Fi. Uh, You'll have that Blu-ray and DVD. Yep, Blu-ray and DVD player. So that way, that's that's not going away, which is good. Uh, I'm sure that makes uh, all the movie studios happy because you know, producing Blu-rays is still one of those very profitable uh, markets. And then you have HDMI out. Uh, as, lo- as well as analog video, digital optical audio. Uh, hypothetically, um, it's going to have 4K output for uh, photo and video viewing. Right, not but for not games. for games. See, I was really surprised about the 4K not being used for video games. Uh, I just think that if you're building out a console that needs to have a relevant lifespan of 10 years, and 4K is something that's right around the corner, then really, I don't. Why wouldn't you build the 4K capability for the video games as well as for the photos and the videos? I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but I mean, yeah, I, I could only assume that it was a, some kind of programming-related issue that they perhaps didn't think that game studios would be able to get into it. Or it could have been, yeah, that must have been it. Or it may have been that it would have required games to be so large oh. as to be larger than what the console could easily Support, handle. Because sure. I mean, 4K—that's a lot of information. Yeah, yeah, you're really talking about. A ton of it. But I, I, I went to CES 2013. I saw 4K TVs everywhere. You yeah, it seemed like the big buzzword. Yeah. You couldn't throw a rock without hitting one. And uh, don't do that because those are expensive. We're talking like tens of thousands of dollars in some Check. cases. Thanks. But, Important info. Thanks, Strickland. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, that's a little Ghostbusters documentary moment there. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was something that I found confusing was if it's a really forward thinking Huh, I can't believe I use that phrase. Uh, uh, game system, then it needs to, it needs to have these future proofing aspects in it. Another element that the PS4 has is the PlayStation 4 eye camera. Which is kind of basically a connect. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Sony would hate us to say that, but it kinda is. It's sorry, a, sorry, Sony. It's Apologies. A, it's a base unit. sits there around your television. It's got stereoscopic cameras in it. Two two cameras. Uh, it's kind of this bar shape, and it works with both the PlayStation Move controller, uh, which is still compatible which with is the out PS4. For the, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's of course it's already out for the PS3, but. Mm-hmm. 
it will work with the PS4. <laughs> Not like the DualShock 3 controller, but right. anyway. Yeah, because uh, because the DualShock 4 controller that they are premiering with the PS4 is going to be motion capable. Right, so it will also work with this eye camera. Uh, it's going to be able to, the eye camera will capture up to uh, 1280 by 800 pixel video at 30 frames per second. So it's got an 85 degree diagonal viewing angle, uh, which means that, you know, it's going to capture most of the room that it's pointed toward. It has four integrated microphones, which is important because those microphones, what it does is it allows it to pick up voice commands, but cancel out other noise. Oh, so, cool. so it doesn't mistake something for a voice command when it shouldn't. Right. Yeah. My, my connect does that more or less continually. Yeah, so that, that can be fun. Right. And it also is going to work with facial recognition software so that you can log into your account based upon your mug. That's super creepy. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, but that leads us into the DualShock 4 controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're premiering the, the DualShock 3, like we just said, is not going to be supported right. for the PS4. Right. Because they are so excited about this DualShock 4, it's going to have a touch panel. Right, so the touch panel on the DualShock 4, it's a, it's a touchscreen interface. It uh if you're looking at the controller like from a top-down view and you know the thumbsticks are pointing toward your eyeballs, sure. this is toward the top of this uh particular controller. And and the, those touchscreen commands will allow you to do special things in the games, but that that'll all depend upon how the game developers incorporate the touch uh, screen interface. Right. I haven't I haven't heard any specific things about any game developers planning on using it, but I'm sure that they will come up with delightful ways to do that. It's going to have a, a new share button, which we will talk about in a moment. Um, a light bar to interact with the eye. Yep. So that way uh, you can use kind. Of, it's kind of like using your DualShock Four, like a PlayStation Move controller. Uh, it also. It's going to have a headphone jack, so you can. Uh, there's, it's got a speaker in it, so it'll play sound effects out of the actual controller. So you plug the headphone jack in, that allows you to have the uh, the headset mm-hmm. be that, mic'd. Yeah, yeah, you can be mic'd, and you can also hear special uh, sound effects that come straight through the controller to your ears. Uh, and uh, it's also got a camera on it; it can sense the depth in front of it. Wow, I actually hadn't read about that. That is, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I guess I guess that goes with the with the move related, with the eye related. Right. Exactly. Stuff. It's it's to get as much information as possible, so that when I mean, really, the idea is just to give all of these specs out to developers, so that they can find interesting ways to incorporate these uh, abilities into the games. Sure. So I could say yes, it's so you can blah blah blah, but I really don't know because I don't know what how game developers are going to take advantage of this. Yes, we we are not game developers. Um, uh, you can charge it uh, even when your PS4 is on standby mode. Yeah, its its battery is a is a lithium ion that is non removable. Right. Um, Which and- is just like the DualShock Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unlike the DualShock Three, if you don't have like the DualShock 3, you had to have the PS3 on. In order to charge in it. In active sure. mode to charge it. Mm-hmm. This one, it can be in standby mode and you can still charge. Also, you'll be able to charge it through micro USB. Uh, and it has enhanced rumble. Enhanced rumble? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Unless it just means it rum- rumble. Like, yes. Maybe it's like the IT crowd where they, they, they felt that the rumble in the DualShock 3 was a little a little reedy and it needed to be uh, boosted. I can't quote any more of that episode, unfortunately. No, there's probably nothing else in that show. But it's fantastic. It is. It's a terrific documentary. You guys should check it out. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, these are the basic specs of the PS4. Uh, it's really just part of their their presentation, which, by the way, was a two-hour 
presentation. Yeah, I got through about an hour and a half of it. I mean, it was actually it was actually fascinating. I really enjoyed how excited and and nerdy and wonderfully awkward a lot of the people on stage were. I yeah. and I, I I say that very genuinely. I thought it was very charming. Yeah, and and also I should point out before we uh, take a quick break that. It was interesting and totally understandable that Sony decided to do a standalone press event to announce this. Uh, it was interesting in the sense that they didn't go with something like E3 or the Game Developers Conference. Mm-hmm. And it meant that they had the stage all to themselves. They were not competing with any other company. So they didn't have to worry about the fact that as soon as this press conference is over, everyone's going to rush out and go across the hall to get to the Microsoft conference or the right, Nintendo sure. conference. So that was a big advantage. It was kind of interesting to see the stuff they did not not do. Uh, they said that it was a way for them to draw out the announcement over the course of 2013. Uh, so, for example, they didn't actually show the console. They showed off the controller, mm-hmm. the DualShock 4. Oh, hold on, yeah, but but we haven't actually seen the the box yet, and and that's you know, and to be fair, I would say that that probably the least important. Uh, the thing surrounding a new console is what it looks like. I yeah. mean, I mean, it's, it's nice, you know, especially as, as a journalist and a web journalist, I understand the irritation of not having a shiny picture of something that you can show around. Right, right. And it, and it raises suspicions. It always does. Like, if you don't actually have a product to show, then people are like, uh, are you, do you really have something you're going to launch in holiday season 2013 or are you just re-inking our chain? But, uh, I, you know, I'm pretty sure Sony's on the up and up on this. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, they had, they had live demos of the, of the software. Right, right. Right. So, you know, yeah, but just, so. just because they didn't have a shiny package to present. And that could be that they're still finalizing the design or maybe they don't have – maybe they had like a working uh, PS4, but it's not in the final case. Yeah, you know, that's, there's, that's there's what they've said. Of, they've said that they're still working on it. Yeah. So. And, and, I believe them. I, yeah, like, I, I take people at their word. I'm okay with it too. I know a lot of people got up in arms about it, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, the only time I ever look at my console is when I'm actually changing a disc out. Right. Otherwise, I'm looking – it's the controller or the screen. I'm not looking at the actual box. Mm-hmm. It's not like a cell phone or something that you're right. interacting with continually. Right. Well, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor before we continue on with the PS4. And now back to the show. All right. So we talked about the specs. Let's talk about some of the features besides you know things that aren't, aren't uh, just uh, about you know the hardware, mm-hmm. but some of the things that we can actually expect from this PS4. A lot of that uh, comes to us courtesy of the cloud. Yeah, yeah. They they were talking all kinds about about streaming games and preloaded previews and and fancy shiny things that uh, smart browsing stuff. You know, the, kind of the concept that that this machine is going to learn what kind of games you like. Yeah, that that to me was really interesting. The idea that and they very briefly touched on this, so we don't have all the info. But it did sound like the PS4 will start to learn about your preferences based upon the way you use the PS4 mm-hmm. and that it'll start to prioritize things and maybe even uh, uh, download stuff in advance for you because it already, quote unquote, knows that you're mm-hmm. going to like that. And and perhaps, you know, won't, you know, for for example, for me, every time I get on my Xbox a, an ad for, for a Madden game, I'm like, why is it yeah. showing this to me? I could not care about this any less. So tar- targeted advertising would be more effective. Absolutely, yes. That is that is what I am saying. So if it had the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic uh, 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 RPG, that you'd be all over. Right that. on top of it. Right. But- wow, I have never seen someone want to kick me so much. 
in such a short amount of time. Uh, yeah, and they're they're partnering. Actually, they didn't partner. They acquired, they acquired a company for called three hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah, Gaikai. Yeah. That's uh-huh. that's the kind of partnership only money can buy. Right. Uh, Gaikai, and uh, this is a service that's all about streaming content, and it's particularly about games. Uh, so there there was some discussion about how the relationship between Gaikai and Sony would uh, would would develop with the PS4. One of those things was all about um, the backwards compatibility issue because Sony has said the PS4 is not backwards compatible. You will not be able to play PS1, PS2, or PS3 games on the PS4 with the possible exception, and they only said possible, that you might be able to stream those games using a Gaikai service down right. the line. So you would be able to, to stream a version of a PS3 game onto your PS4. Yeah, they're, they're, they're talking about basically um, uh, porting or emulating yeah. uh, games and, and that they're not sure whether... They, they're, <laughs> they basically said that they have the capacity and they don't know if they're going to do it yet. Right, right. Yes, they, which, which I thought was a really interesting kick in the pants. Yeah, no, that's, that's a tough response, right? They said... It's possible. We just don't know if we're going to do it. Right, right. And, and if they do it, we don't even know how that's going to manifest. So, for example, how like it, you would probably end up having to purchase those games again. That's my guess. Because it's a huge possibility. And, and I mean, they have said that used games will be playable. But if they're only PS4 games, then that's not going to matter for another five years yeah, actually, or two years anyway. There's yeah, actually so. some question about that, too, about whether or not you needed to have a persistent Internet connection all the time. They, they didn't really touch on that. Right. Right? There, were, there were a lot of rumors leading up to the PS4 release about – or not the release, but the, the announcement mm-hmm. – that – uh, that the PS4 would require a persistent internet connection and that you would have to register games when you bought them and those games would be tied to you, which means that that would eliminate the used game market. You wouldn't be able to sell that game because no one else could play it but right. you. It was right. tied to you. Uh, they didn't really touch on that. Uh, that is still a possibility. We don't really know. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are hoping that's not the case. Uh, right. By the way, and, and just full disclosure, it sounds like that's going to be the same case for the Xbox, the next right, Xbox. Right, yeah, this, this is not... Uh, not, yeah. not just a Sony thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sony has its own reputation as far as DRM goes. Uh, yes. Like introducing backdoors to your computer system so that hackers can get access to it just because you put a CD in there. Uh, but that's all in the past, silly Billy. Um, moving on to other, other uh, features, besides this idea of streaming games, like... Kind of like a uh, the the uh, Ouya or other games systems out there that mm-hmm. are all about streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting to me that they are building in the capability so that if you start to download a game, you purchase a game on the PlayStation Network, you start to download it, and you can play it immediately. Yes, you have it will, instant access. You know, yeah, while while the rest of it, because I mean, you know, if a game is what twenty gigs these days or something <laughs> like that, hopefully that's... not that many, but yeah, you're talking about four or five gigs easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're talking, if you're talking about a super advanced one, it may be upwards of. 10 for a really, really big game. Yeah, but, you know, as, as these things advance and, and we get, you know, closer to, to that super high def kind of thing. Then, oh, yeah, then, sure. Yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah, start yeah. getting huge. And uh, uh, so, so yeah, so that's and that is just tremendously exciting. As I said before, you know, gamers hate waiting for anything right. ever. We want we want it now. That's one of the issues I have with my Xbox is that if I want to get some DLC, some mm-hmm. downloadable content, then, uh, you know, I, I start the download and I really can't do much else for fear of disturbing the great download flow 
right. and having to start all over again. And, and that can take some time depending on how big the file is. Sure. But to be, to have the ability to start launching into the game immediately while the game is downloading in the background, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Now, uh, they also, uh, you mentioned the share button. On the controller, which has something interesting in it. Uh, Social connectivity is going to be a really huge part of this console. They're um, they're talking about with this share button, you know... You, you know that wonderful moment that happens sometimes in a game? You do something so cool and you wish that your friend was sitting there with you? It's it's happened to me once, yes. I remember Well, there, there's <laughs> For some of you, it happens more frequently, I know. But for me, once. Just the once. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's fair. Well, for that one time, you could press the share button and and pretty pretty instantly, apparently, uh, uh, connect to, to Facebook or another social media site and share the last little clip of video. Go in and select the little bit that you want to send and send it out. Yeah, you can even uh, choose to live stream your video play through the PlayStation uh, social network. And so other people with a PS4 can can actually, and maybe even PS3, some of this might be accessible through the PS3 network. You wouldn't be able to necessarily do it on a PS3, but you might be able to watch. Uh, this idea of streaming live the gameplay. And, you know what? It Some turns people, into backseat gaming, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're, you're giving people the capacity to watch what you're doing in real time, talk to you about what you're doing, and yeah. possibly even jump in and help you out with a portion of a game that you're having trouble yeah, with. That kind of drives me nuts. But it does. It is kind of a throwback to the old arcade days. The idea that you know you're, you're sitting there and you're trying to get this crazy combo, and uh, you're working on it really hard, and the guy behind you is giving you hints and giving you tip. And uh, then eventually you're just like, I can't do this. And you hand it over to him and he, you know, and he does, does his magic and then hands it right back to you and you take back over. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, that's that's a very natural way that I think of playing games. Certainly, you know, in Silent Hill, when I'm playing something and I might be a better sharpshooter than, than a person that I'm playing with because I always play that in pairs at least so that I don't end up a terrified ball in the corner shaking. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, so, some parts, some parts I might do, some parts they might do. It all kind of works out. Yeah. And being able to do that over a digital network sounds kind of interesting like the incredible future I think I would find it irritating but I'm sure that's going to be one of those things where you hand control over to the other player not that they take Take control yes because that would just be the bully in the room like "Eh, move I could get past this part move right Uh, (laughs) but the the other part of this the whole live streaming thing uh Maybe a couple of years ago, I would have thought this was weird, the idea of watching people play games. But I have actually really enjoyed watching some – there's some uh, YouTube channels out there that are all about playing through certain games. And sometimes it's fun to watch people who are just really, really good at a particular game and just see, like, how coordinated they are as they make their way through a level. Mm-hmm. And they're they're all cooperatively playing this game. And, and, and saying savvy things. And- yeah, and you're, and you're watching this and you're just thinking, wow, I'm terrible. Or – the flip side of that is you can watch people who are just goofing around and being silly and making goofy remarks like the, the rooster teeth people, the sure. che- achievement hunter guys. They play, they do let's plays mm-hmm. and their let's plays are hilarious. They're not safe to watch at work because no. of the language, but they are really, really funny. And so once I started to really get into that, I thought, oh, okay, I'm saying I can understand why this live stream would be, uh, uh, interesting. To me, what was most interesting was how much they stressed this whole idea of sharing and social mm-hmm. integration with the PlayStation Network. Because it is true. I mean, you have online capability with the Xbox as well as with the PlayStation. And with Xbox, for you to really have access to anything of, of uh, real value You on have there, to be on Xbox Live. You, yeah, you have to be a, a subscriber. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, The free stuff is pretty limited. 
Yeah, you can't even you can't even watch stuff on Netflix without being a subscriber. Right, so. right. So you have to subscribe to two different services, right? You have to subscribe to Netflix, mm-hmm. and then you have to subscribe to Xbox Live. And the uh, PlayStation Network is free. Right, but for some reason, it just never really had the traction that Xbox Live had. I think it was the kind of games that the PlayStation was using it for. Um, yeah, it never quite had the the big titles like, for example, Halo. Yeah, that- the, the community just didn't grow the same way. Not 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 that there aren't communities out there. Absolutely, it just wasn't. It just never seemed to really catch on like Xbox Live did. Uh, now, this looks like this is a real move to change that, to yeah. make this a much more viable community. Now, how how many gamers are actually going to take advantage of that? That remains to be seen. Yeah, I'm really curious about, about who... Who and how often people will be sharing that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, other other exciting stuff. Uh, it is going to connect with the Vita. Yes. They are hoping to at some point have all developers for the PS4 incorporate Vita. And 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 by by connect with the Vita, what I mean is that what they really want is to let you with any game. Uh, you know, like like you you have to. The example that they gave is you're playing something and your kids come into the room and just absolutely take over everything. Uh, you just port it to your Vita, walk out of the room, continue playing your game, and when you have a chance to, come back and pick right back up where you were. Right. So you, you can play seamlessly across both devices. Mm-hmm. So you, you can stop playing on the TV and switch it over to the Vita. And then uh, once it's bedtime for the kids and they're they're out of the way, you go back to the TV and port it back over, and you just continue playing the whole time. You don't really have any interruption of play. Uh, this would be really cool for me whenever uh, I get to a, a part where I don't want to quit, but I have to save my game because my wife wants to watch the next episode of Supernatural. Uh, I know I say your, that all the time. Your, your wife, you, you, you have nothing to do with They're dreamy, that. okay? They are dreamy, and I will watch another episode. All right, bad example. Let's say that my wife wants to watch something that I don't care about. Then this would let me switch it over to the Vita and move on. Uh, so This was kind of a, a fire across the bow of Nintendo, which right. has the Wii U mm-hmm. that has the, the built-in, uh, the, the controller with the built-in screen. Uh, this is kind of uh, a, a shot at them saying, well, ours can play the same game the full game and on, not just say yeah. a mini game or something like right. that right so uh again and that means that you have to buy two systems you have to buy the PS4 and the Vita to really take advantage of it mm-hmm. that gets pretty expensive but it may very well end up being the winning strategy now the Vita has not done so well like when i say so well it hasn't flown off store shelves in the united states yeah like like i mean i think that the the DS uh uh Whatever the new one is, I'm the, an excellent. The 3DS, type. yes, Nintendo 3DS, <laughs> that one. Um, I, you know, I, I think that that has has enjoyed pretty serious popularity. But yeah, the Vita has maybe. Yeah, not. well, the 3DS also started off really slowly, but once they once Nintendo lowered its price, like within a couple of months of launch, they lowered the price dramatically. Then yeah. it started to do much better. But yeah, the the Vita just it, it's had sort of a slow start in the United States, particularly. But maybe with this interoperability with the PS4, we would see that increase. Oh, which I guess is why they're not putting a screen. I was surprised at first that they weren't going to incorporate a screen onto the uh, DualShock 4 controller. But uh, but I think that especially with with everything that they're trying that they're hoping for with the Vita, that it makes perfect sense. So. Uh, moving back with the idea of the possibility of streaming older PS games on mm-hmm. the PS4, which we still don't know about. We also are not sure if you've purchased something in the cloud already on the PlayStation Network. For example, let's say you've purchased a movie 
mm-hmm. on the PlayStation Network. It's not clear yet that those purchases will be able to port over to the PS4. Uh, that it's a tricky thing to do. There are licensing issues involved to make sure that the stuff that you've already bought, that you can still use it on your new platform. Mm-hmm. This is another concern that gamers have because you don't want to have to purchase the same stuff twice in order to have access to it. That makes people um, cranky. Yeah, and you don't want to have two versions of the same kind of Media. console. Yeah, yeah, you don't want mm-hmm. you don't want to have a PS3 and a PS4 hooked up to the same television necessarily. Yeah, some people do because their television has more inputs than they know what to do with, and therefore they will hook up as many different game consoles as they possibly can. I think most new TVs are like that. That's... My my TV does not have quite that many, so I have to make some. My TV has tubes, so it does Wow. Yeah, that one. Lauren's television just got color last week. So, um, it's very fancy. We've been watching the Disney's Wonderful World of Color ever since. Uh, they also ended up showing off, uh, some games while they were there, or at least some demos and a little bit of gameplay footage of a few games. Right, yeah. Some of them, some of them look really, really shiny. I am personally extremely excited about Knack. Oh, Knack, which is, uh, that, that was a, kind of a cartoony looking game. It looked um, a little bit platformy, yeah. And, um, uh, you play as a robot defending humanity against a goblin invasion. Yeah. It, it, it just looked like it had, it had fun character art and, and, uh, you know, just entertaining, kind of family friendly sort of stuff. Yes. Whereas I was thinking of Shadow, Killzone Shadowfall. That did not look family friendly. That's a sci-fi game. Uh, and some of the games they were showing, in fact, a lot of them were, um, Kind of sequels or spinoffs of existing games. Yeah, yeah, we've got a uh, Infamous Second Son, uh, Diablo Three. Um... Oh yeah, now now hang on a minute. I gotta take a moment for Diablo Three. Oh okay. So uh, I I did not watch this live as it was unfolding. I was actually, me neither. I was yeah. on my way home. Uh, it, it aired at six p.m. Eastern time in the United States, and I get home uh, a little after six p.m. typically, okay. and I got there a little bit later this time, and uh, so I I. I Look at my Twitter feed, and I see, of course, all the people I follow are watching are and freaking commenting. Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and everyone's going nuts that Diablo Three is coming to the console. And I'm thinking, wow, I remember when you all went crazy when Diablo Three came out for the PC, and then never talked about it ever again. <laughs> so why are you excited that it's coming to the console? Because and then, it's Diablo. Yeah, Scott Johnson uh, got on to me for that, and and got very defensive about it being a good game. Not, and I don't dispute that it's a good game. I wouldn't know. I haven't played it. Me neither. But. But at the same time, I'm just saying that within a month, no one was talking about Diablo 3 anymore. Mm-hmm. So it just was amusing to me that people went hmm. so crazy that Diablo 3 was coming to the consoles. Uh, they also uh, showed off Drive Club, which is a racing game, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Watch Dogs, which is kind of an open world game that's set in Chicago. And mm-hmm. you, can, you can do things like uh, snoop on people as they're having conversations. It's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Uh, um, the other one that I'm really excited about is uh, The Witness, yeah. which is a puzzle game that looks a lot like a, like Mist or Riven to me. Um, in yeah. the, in the, it's a It's a... Very rich environment and a very limited scope. Right, right, so, right. So, know. so yeah, another another uh, interesting throwback to the old puzzle games. Yeah, uh, I'm also interested in Bungie's next game, Density. Dense, dense, density. <laughs> destiny. Destiny. I was making Bungie's Destiny. I was making a Back to the Future I joke. Bet. <laughs> you are you are my density. What? Uh, anyway, no, it's Destiny. It is a game where you take part as a uh, defender of humankind, which might sound familiar for anyone who's played Bungie games. Um, but, uh, yeah, apparently something has happened. Uh, mankind has uh, 
has spread far and wide. Uh, things did not go so well. There was a big conflict. Now there is a city that is sort of mankind's last little um, outpost. Outpost, mm-hmm. and uh, you are one of the defenders. And uh, it's it's an uh, a an, a persistent online world that uh, you can play either as a single player or multiplayer experience. And the as you play in the game. The things you do carry over, whether it's single player or multiplayer, and it, it, the world itself, the state of the world will, uh, change over time, and it remains that way whether you're playing single or multi. So, the idea being that your, your actions actually have consequences. Sure, uh, yeah, a little bit more MMO than, than yeah. what, I mean, not that Halo, for example, isn't kind of technically MMO, but yeah. Yeah, but the, the, this one definitely has more, what well, has that permanence, that persistence mm-hmm. in it. Because yeah, yeah. again, like with a Halo multiplayer game, you play a little, you know, capture the flag or deathmatch or whatever, mm-hmm. and then when you play it again, everything's reset. Oh, right. So right. this one, so, at least from my understanding, sounds yeah. like there's going to be a little bit more of a changeable world. Yeah. I don't know how, to what extent, and I don't know... Uh, how much impact you will actually have as a player on that world, but it sounded interesting. Oh, it sounds interesting, yeah. Um, there, uh, did, did you have any others that you wanted to cover? Nope, no other games that I well, wanted to cover. They're, uh, they're talking about these, well, I mean, these are all big titles, uh, but they're talking about their games being anywhere from 99 cents to about 60 bucks. Which, you know, not a big surprise. I, I heard some people kind of balk at the $60, uh, Amount, but really, that's what that's video what games, games cost, cost now. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what video games have costed for the past. I mean, Donkey Kong Country still costs like fifty bucks. So, so, so really, that, you're talking about like it's it's just it's maintaining the market value, which you should really be thankful for. <laughs> exactly, and they are. They have not released a price point for the console yet. Uh, nope. You know, as as we all remember, um, the PS3 debuted at five hundred ninety nine dollars, which is a lot of dollars for a gaming console. That is many dollars. Yes. Many it's more than two. And see, it's kind of smart for Sony not to announce it yet because it may very well be that they're waiting to find out more about what Microsoft is going to do. Sure, sure. So, and, and, you know, Jack Jack Tretton has said that he hopes it will be less as – and, like, so say we all, you know. Yeah, that, there we go. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just – Okay, so uh, also Jimmy Fallon. Got to play. Yeah. Got to play a PS4. I've never been so jealous of Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't able to get through the game without laughing. Well. Ha <laughs> ha. Snap. No, he played uh, Killzone Shadowfall on his show. And um, according to Polygon, uh, which is a great site for video game news, yeah. uh, he was not very good. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's actually a bad bad gamer. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's I, I haven't watched the clip, but, but you know, I, I imagine they kind of shoved it at him, and I, I don't think that I would also perform any better on live TV when dealing with uh, a first-person shooter well, that I have never played yeah, before. If it's a game you've never played before, there's going to be, yeah, I, I think I think it was probably them being a little snarky, which, yeah. you know, that's Jimmy Fallon. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I Got nothing against him personally. Uh, anyway, the the it was interesting that that was another way of exposing the the world to it because of course with the announcement, all the people who were like hardcore gamers and journalists and things like that, they were all really focused sure. on that event. But then you have to reach a broader audience, and mm-hmm. that was a good way of starting this, this. And they've been yeah, they've been doing a lot of interviews and dropping little tidbits here and there. And I think that that's I, I think that they're ov- overall being pretty savvy about it. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how this uh, continues. Uh, whether or not uh, Microsoft has a console that can kind of answer the challenges that the PS4 has laid down, um, it may very well be that there are 
elements of the PS4 that we are not aware of that have not been revealed yet that could uh, be lying in wait so that <laughs> so that they can they can counter anything that Microsoft says when they introduce the Xbox. Yeah, certainly. They're they're talking about AMD uh, who's making the processor is talking about releasing more about that at the uh, game developer conference in the end of March and uh, and I'm sure that E3 will bring us lots of lots yes, of news. Yes, I'm sure it will. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And uh, and you know what, what's also interesting is this is going to be the year where we start to see some of these independent companies yeah. coming forward. Things like uh, the, the, the Steambox Steam or the Ouya mm-hmm. uh, coming out and and really competing with the established players. So it's a it's an exciting time to be a gamer. Yeah. Well, guys, if you have any topics you think we should cover here on Tech Stuff, I invite you to let us know by sending us an email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com. Or drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. Meanwhile, Lauren and I will be awaiting the announcement of the next Xbox so we can figure out how to frag one another in the next game of Halo. And we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 